Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh, wait. He's here. Here he is right there. Steven. If We're he not misses this with too, you. I swear to God. <laughs> Thank you. It's new hair, Steven. Feels good. It feels good. Tell, Perfect for the weather. Tell us what restaurant you went to yesterday. Margaritaville. That's right. He's a foodie. He loves food. <laughs> He's a total foodie. I mean, where better to go to Margaritaville than in Niagara Falls yeah. where it's 30 degrees. Perfect. Yeah. It's like a little vacation in Niagara. We have a photo of you in Niagara Falls. Do, 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 do. Brenna. We should have actually photoshopped out Brenna. (laughs) Just like how they do with the the boy bands, where it's like, who's that girl? No one knows. You can (laughs) keep liking him. You keep liking him as much as you want to. Millions of hearts break all over the... Just me and a waterfall. (laughs) And a blurry thing right here. She's right off stage with her arms crossed. (laughs) Get over here right now. And did you go over in a barrel of the water? Of the... In, in, in my mind, I wanted to, and it would have been so beautiful. Yeah, yeah we would have loved it. And so you had to get drunk. <laughs> oh, of course, to survive a barrel, you know, would have been... Yeah, sure, you never know. Do you want to talk about your hair? Um, 
just, just, you know, perfect for cold weather, perfect time to cut my hair yeah. was when it's 30 degrees. So, yeah. We like it. Yeah, yeah. You sent it to us, sent a photo to us and said that, what was it, the hippest, the hippest barista in all of Silver Lake. <laughs> That's right. Love it. Dapper Stephen as fuck. Ray Morris, hey, ladies and gentlemen. That's him. That's how much we love you, Toronto. We right. fuck everyone else over when we're like, Steven's here, he's not here. He's here for you. Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and welcome to this March mini-sode. Bow, 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 slowest air horn of all time. Hey, everyone. I'm glad to be back. I've missed y'all. It's weird doing these. Well, the mini-sodes were always once a month, but it's weird that I don't have anything in between. But again, 2019... I hope everyone's been doing well. I hope I've decided that 2019 started in March, but I can't believe it's already March 20th. That is ridiculous. Anyway, it's been a hell of a month. Uh, I hope all of you are doing well, and I hope you enjoyed that little bit of the one of the last My Favorite Murder episodes uh, from our Live in Toronto show, where I got to talk about going to Margaritaville in Niagara Falls on National Margarita Day. Um, but I'll put a pin in that and because I want to talk about my adventures a little bit later. Um, because first I wanted to get into some news and some other things. Um, yeah, before that, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else important to talk about. Um, ooh, I'm doing a new cinematic attractions episode. Uh, it should be coming out on Friday. Uh, so whenever you're listening to this, it's going to come out pretty much immediately after. Just because I, I like cinematic attractions episodes to go up on Fridays because it feels like, you know, ooh, it's Friday. We're going to watch a cool monster movie. Um, Brenna White and I, aka Beaksles, aka Bonnie Puns, uh, we watched this, the Lego Jurassic World, the secret exhibit. And so we talked about that and how the movie, uh, the canon and lore stuff and how, why we want, how Jurassic fans are so starved for time material. So, uh, go check that out. Um, when it comes out, it comes out on Friday. So I'm hoping again to just start slowly ramping up doing more stuff soon. Um, again, thanks for your patience in these in between years, not years, but you know, the in between times or whatever. Um, my universal pass expires at the end of April. So in about a month, a couple days after my birthday, uh, my birthday is April 17th. Uh, a couple days after my birthday, my universal pass expires. So I think I'm definitely going to get a new one. Um, but I might wait until the the new Jurassic ride opens, like in the summer. But part of me also is like, maybe I should get a new one now before like the price jacks up or something like that. So I don't know. But um, what do you think I should do? Um, also, it's my birthday month. So I have a couple or well, not March, but in April, it's my birthday month. So next time we have a mini sode, um, you know, uh, hopefully I have some announcements and stuff soon for some cool stuff I'm going to do in April. So things are ramping up. Uh, today I'm super excited also to talk about your Jurassic World 3 predictions. I think now is such a good time because it's so far off before there's any news that everyone's predictions. And thank you so much. I've got a, like probably over almost over a hundred, almost over a hundred 
Got so many responses. So I'm so excited to go through and read all of your responses today. And then we're going to take all those responses and put them in an egg and bury them in the ground. And then they'll come out, you know, after June 11th, 2021. And we'll be like, wait, were we right? Were we wrong? I'm super excited. Um, So I'm going to do that after. But again, first, we're going to do the news. And speaking of Jurassic World movies, there is supposedly a Jurassic World short coming that is going to play in front of Hobbs and Shaw, which is the spinoff of the Fast and the Furious films, uh, which I need to catch up. I haven't seen all of them. But um, because the news came out of Toy Fair this year, which I talked a lot about in the last minisode, uh, you know, it's but people are, is this like related to the toys or, you know, what is the deal? Is it really because I mean, it's so we're still so far out from any Jurassic World three, like shooting or anything like that. So it doesn't probably isn't going to be anything like that. But very curious indeed. I mean, you know, like I was saying about when we talk about when um, the cinematic attractions episode of the secret exhibit comes out. Uh, you know, we just want more Jurassic stuff. And so the idea of having little short films, like how Marvel used to do short films were so cool. Uh, that would be cool if they did that for Jurassic, but yeah, we'll see if there's any more news on it, uh, as we get closer to the summertime. Um, one thing I wanted to follow up from in the past month, uh, that a lot of people noticed. Again, we talk about it a lot in the See Jurassic Right Facebook group. Join the discussion if you haven't. It's such a fun group. And yeah, it keeps me sane in these in these times when I'm not podcasting about Jurassic every week. Um, but they played in a... But again, a big part of the news last month was just all the different um, like photo ops and things of Jurassic stars past and present kind of hanging out together and things. And, you know, especially with like Laura Dern and Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Joseph Mazzello, it's like, ah, like, are they going to come back for Jurassic World 3? Um, and so on top of that, at the Oscars this year, they played the Jurassic music uh, you know, the John Williams score, uh, when Laura Dern walked up. So I'm like, they're, they're fucking with us at this point. You know what I mean? They're messing with us. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Tom Fisher who you'll hear from later in this episode, of course. Um, he did a really cool Jurassic meetup in London. It looks so fun. They went to the natural history museum there. They had talks. Ugh, so cool. Um, super jealous. I couldn't come. Uh, but you know, Tom and I, we, uh, you know, we hung out in a bush in London last summer. So we gotta, you know, we gotta find a way to top that, uh, you know, next time I visit. So, um, and yeah, I want to do some see Jurassic right meetups, uh, again, maybe some more news on that later, not in this episode, but you know, later, later, but, uh, let me know if you'd be interested, um, especially here in Southern California, whether it's at the natural history museum or, uh, you know, down in San Diego at the Nat, which I keep wanting to go back to. It's been a while. So, or San Francisco or something, the science museum there is amazing. Uh, let me know. Um, which speaking of natural history museum of Los Angeles, they are getting the Antarctic exhibit, the Antarctic dinosaur exhibit that was in Chicago, uh, when I went for Thanksgiving this year, um, I'm opening the <laughs> tab on the website, um, yeah, it's called Antarctic Dinosaurs, as I talked about in the the mini-sode that came out after Thanksgiving, so probably the one in December, I imagine. Um, they are basically... The exhibit's amazing because it not only shows you these dinosaurs and what life was like in Antarctica when there were dinosaurs there, but also the kind of crazy, amazing, uh, just sort of um, just mind-blowing kind of world that these paleontologists and the, the work that they had to do in order to go down there and actually get those dinosaur bones, you know? Uh, so, uh, I'm a little sniffly, sorry guys. 
so that is running from April 3rd, basically through the rest of the year. So uh, even if you're not in LA, but if you want to go to this exhibit and you're planning to go to LA at some point, you can, you can make it part of your uh, itinerary. But yeah, the opening is on April 3rd. And I'm definitely going to go out and see it again. And I might have some, I'm just going to tease some other things. So uh, yeah, just keep an eye, keep an eye on see Jurassic right page for some stuff related to this, but I'm super excited to go see it again. Um, because the, the exhibit, uh, you know, cause we did it for the meetup, the SJR meetup, which was such a blast. And again, I want to do more. Um, but I've heard things that the, that the Antarctic exhibits, here in LA might even be a little bigger than the one in Chicago. So that's really cool. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Julia Roberts was at universal studios. And I love that she posted that pic of her, uh, in front of blue being like scared. It it was just so great. Um, love you, Julia. We're not friends. Um, (laughs) um, let's see. I'm trying to think, let's see, we're blazing through the news here today. Uh, but I'm actually glad I waited to record this episode today because, uh, from Jurassic Outpost, uh, they posted that apparently Netflix listed at some point today, um, Tuesday, we're recording this on the 19th, that there was a title called Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. And so we already know that, and it says in the article and include a link to the article, um, it's already in the Facebook group, but we already know that they're going to do a Fast and the Furious animated series. And there's been rumors over the last few years of there being a Netflix animated series uh, for Jurassic, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. So I wonder, is would they, do they spill the beans early or is it just kind of like a placeholder? Is this part of the uh, the the um, the island Ublar lego thing is it tied to that which you know that's also um you know another like like that's cl- technically our closest thing to tie-in materials we're getting this lego tv series that's gonna air for like i think about 10 episodes um but yeah who knows live action animated lego uh but yeah it was taken down uh yeah it was basically taken down for uh, yeah it pretty much was taken down for pretty much immediately. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited. I, I really want a TV show. I don't know if I necessarily want like a live action TV show or something like that. I think if they did a live action TV show, I would want it to be like, if we're going to get a live action TV show in my mind, I would want it to be like the weekly adventures at an open park. I don't necessarily want like just the long form storytelling Jurassic park, I want something more that it could be like every week, you know, Claire gets into hijinks at the park or something, or, you know, maybe it's set, you know, yeah. Cause Jurassic park was never open, but Jurassic world was open for such a long time. So it's like, you could make it like a prequel to Jurassic world, but kind of that's what the Lego one is doing. So yeah, I don't know, but, uh, but I also almost like the idea of maybe it's something that's set in between, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World 3. Like, because now that the dinosaurs are out in the, in the wild, maybe you could do the adventures of Blue and what Blue is up to in between, um, what Blue is up to between, uh, two and three or five and six. And you could do that animated and stuff, you know, cause I just don't see, I mean, even though Bryce Ellis Howard is directing an episode of the Mandalorian, the new star Wars TV show, I don't really see them. I don't really see Claire and Owen, 
I don't really see like we might see their adventures and other supporting material, you know, books or comics or something, but I don't see them doing that. I don't see them being part of a TV show, but I do like the idea of having a dinosaur be the star. And I think blue would be the perfect candidate. I think just kind of lead with that. And that would be really cool. So it remains to be seen. Um, but I'll keep you guys updated if there's anything else uh, related to that. So, um, and then the last bit of news-ish type stuff I wanted to mention is, um, so uh, you follow him, you love him, uh, Nima Neems. Uh, he has a new Twitter account, uh, you know, in terms of who, like, accounts you should follow. Um, and if you're not already following uh, Nima, you know, Neems on Instagram, you should definitely be following him there and on Twitter as well, too, you know, because you can kind of, the aspect ratios and stuff, you can get some really heat, you know, his his uh, poster work is brilliant. So um, I guess, I don't know, at some point he lost Twitter or switched Twitter or something. So he has a new Twitter account. So it's um, at movie poster guy. So go over there. And again, he does not only does like Jurassic Park movie posters and Jurassic World movie posters, but he also does like other movies and stuff too. So um, check it out. And with that, we wrap up the news and we go to the review. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll just talk about my adventures that I went on this month. Yeah. So this past month, I went to uh, Toronto and New York City with Brenna. Um, you know, we were there kind of under very... Um, you know, not the most fun circumstances, um, just, you know, family stuff and, uh, yeah, just not great, you know, tragic stuff or whatever. But, you know, when you're traveling, you just want to make the most of it and you want to just find the, 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 you know, the good and the, and the, all that stuff. So, um, you know, it was really actually nice to have the two, my favorite murder shows there that weekend in Toronto so that we could go and have fun and, there was so many great, you know, I met so many nice murderinos and the meet and greet and stuff. And, uh, I really appreciated all of you and it was nice to meet and re-meet, uh, you know, re reunite with, uh, a lot of the Toronto murderinos, you know, Toronto is one of my favorite cities on the entire planet. So it was so nice to have all of you and see all of you at the show. Um, but before that, um, in order to, we were going out to Toronto, we uh, flew into Buffalo and basically drove across the border and Brenna discovered that there is a Margaritaville in Niagara Falls. And now I've never been in Niagara Falls uh, as a kid because it always seemed, it always seemed like a tourist destination that people went on the way to other things. And since I had, I've only been to New York city once and I haven't really been to the East coast that much. Um, just never went as a kid. So, and it seemed kind of cool, the idea of going in winter too. So we basically drove out there um, the day before we went, like basically on the way to Toronto uh, that, that Friday, um, we drove, which was really fun. Um, even though it was, well, the weather wasn't bad on the way, but the weather was bad on the way back. Uh, but yeah, Niagara Falls is a very surreal place, but really cool. Really makes me want to see more waterfalls and Jurassic Park movies, really. Um, but I guess now that we're not going to be on islands anymore, but you know, blue could be wandering around Yosemite or something anyway. Uh, but in Niagara falls, I had no idea that Niagara falls is basically like a Vegas has like a Vegas tourist destination stuff just outside of it. Cause in my mind, Niagara falls is something like the grand Canyon. You know, you don't have a hard rock outside the grand Canyon. 
uh, yeah, it just was funny to see that Niagara Falls, like just out of view of the beautiful waterfall, like just, I mean, I'm thankful that they're not putting like signs, you know, in front of the Niagara Falls, but just out of, you know, earshot is just this total trashy tourist destination. And what better trashy tourist destination than Margaritaville? Uh, so yeah, we went in the afternoon and again, it just was like, it just so happened to be national margarita day as well. So that just ended up being really perfect. And so we got a couple margaritas, we got some poutine because that, uh, Margaritaville is the only one that has poutine as far as I know. Um, and yeah, we even met some nice murderinos there and, uh, that Margaritaville was cool just because, I think it's definitely bigger than the one in Hollywood and it's bigger. It's definitely bigger than the one in Chicago as well, too. So now this is my third Margaritaville uh, that I've been to. And it's definitely the biggest because it has like a full plane and has a waterfall that like at certain hours, it starts dumping a thing into like a blender a thing, tequila into a blender um, to make a margarita. And <laughs> I mean, it was funny just because it's winter. So the Margaritaville is pretty much empty, but um, you know, in the afternoon on a, well, I guess it was a Friday afternoon, but yeah, it was pretty empty. Maybe that place gets popping at like happy hour, but um, yeah, it was just so funny to go there. I don't know. It's just Margaritaville's like, they're just such like such kind of, you know, it's just, you go there for the experience, you know, and it's just, it just really, I just really hope in my heart that, uh, you know, because of Frank Marshall's continued involvement with the Jurassic franchise, that we get another shot at Margaritaville being in the Jurassic Park movies. Because, you know, at the end of Fallen Kingdom, the Pteranodons uh, are in Vegas. And there's a real, I mean, I think the biggest Margaritaville, or one of the biggest, other than like the resorts, um, is in Vegas. So it's like, you got to think of some post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic scenario, or, you know, whatever the state of the world is going to be in Jurassic World 3, where it's like, they're just holed up in a Margaritaville. And I know that's like kind of cheesy, but... You know, like the way that they incorporated Margaritaville into Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, even with like showing the destroyed restaurant, I thought was just like nice and subtle and not really too in your face. And it would just be kind of funny if they found another way to incorporate uh, incorporate that into, uh, you know, the Jurassic movies. Um, or, I mean, speaking of that Jurassic TV show, maybe it's just from the perspective of, um, you know, just coming from the perspective of like life in the margaritaville on jurassic world or something i don't know i'm just i'm just spitballing here um but let me know if y'all have gone to margaritaville's and where maybe because i feel like when i travel i'm like all right is there a margaritaville in this city um i'm obviously going to nashville uh for pod x in uh may uh end of may june um and i'll have more details about that really soon so hopefully i'll have a date to announce which day i'm doing a live see jurassic right so and I'm going to be doing a bunch of other panels the whole weekend. So I'll be there the whole time. But yeah, once I get more details, I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I just kind of want to go to every Margaritaville, whatever, like any natural history museum and any Margaritaville. Uh, but yeah, so that was fun. And again, the Toronto shows were great. And um, then uh, we had to go. Uh, we, we also went to New York City for a day. Um, which is really great because Brenna used to live and work there. So I got to see some of the places that she, um, the bakery she managed and stuff, smile to go and everything. Um, and then just because we didn't have that much time, we pretty much only did kind of one fun activity. Uh, one, you know, like 
kind of touristy activity, I should say. And of course, that one touristy fun activity we had to do was the American Museum of Natural History, which is the New York Natural History Museum, which I'd never been to. Um, so that was such a thrill to finally go and see such a like kind of, you know, historical natural history museum. But entry hall is so beautiful. It has a sauropod like rearing up, protecting its young um, against a predator. And then, yeah, the dinosaur area is so large, uh, so much larger, like just so impressive. The halls are just so huge. And uh, we didn't have a lot of time there, but I feel like I got to see like kind of the greatest hits of it. And I feel like it'll just, it's kind of a good taste for me uh, for coming back later. But um, yeah, the one thing that was really cool is that they have a new Patago Titan exhibit. It's this really big sauropod that's um, found down in South America. And it's like, they like the, the way that they did it where it's like its head is sticking out of the whole hallway is such a cool little clever thing. I really like that. Um, and you really got to see, I mean, again, you know, like the Antarctic dinosaur exhibit that's coming to LA that I saw in Chicago. I love more and more the museums are kind of really showing you their process. I think that's such a modern, um, oh, my stomach was growling. Uh, got a hungry, clever girl, cl- clever, uh, clever girl raptor in there, um, starving for some Muldoon um, knee socks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love seeing the process. That's like really my favorite thing. I love, I want to know, and I think a lot of people want to know, really want to know what goes into how they get these bones, how they put them on display, what percentage is real, what percentage is not real. Um, oh, speaking of which, because that reminds me, I was excuse me, I really wanted to go back to the ROM when I was in Toronto. Um, if you remember way back, I went um, and Stephanie Cook showed me. And we actually, uh, Brent and I got to hang out with Stephanie Cook a little bit. Oh, that was, I forgot to mention that about my Toronto trip. So we ended up hanging out with Stephanie Cook, grabbing lunch, and then lunch, breakfast, brunch. Um, and then there was this, this like, you know how there's these kind of influ- um, greater influence, influence, like greater proliferation of like Instagram photo op things. And so there's a huge mall in Toronto. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but at the very top floor, there's like a photo op place. And the first thing you see when you get off the elevator is like a cheesy looking Velociraptor. And then this like wallpaper of like uh, T-Rex like jaws like coming in. So I posted a few photos on Instagram Um but, you know, it was nice to see Stephanie, who's been on a handful of Sea Jurassic Ride episodes, um, go back to those and check them out. Um, but yeah, so and then just to do a little more dinosaur adventuring in Toronto, because, um, yeah, I wanted to show Brenna the ROM, but we just didn't have time to go. So hopefully next time uh, I really want to go back to Toronto soon. So but. I really want to go back to Toronto soon. And I really want to go back to New York city soon because again, we, the American natural history museum, American museum of natural history, American museum. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The natural history museum, New York city um, really was just, we kind of breezed through it, but it just was so cool to see that Patago Titan exhibit and to see, uh, I mean the, the, that museum also is really interesting because it shows you because they've been in the game so long, 
Um, they even have exhibits that are like super outdated. And so it's kind of interesting to see them show that as compared to, you know, more mod, you know, the more modern, um, updated interpretations, you know, like seeing theropod, like theropod, 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 theropods, you know, where their tails are dragging on the ground and you're you know, it's kind of like, even with like the Charles, uh, Knight artwork at, at the field museum, where I love that they're kind of like honoring the legacy in the process, but also being like, Hey, but this is that we don't believe that anymore. That's not actually correct. Um, and so the New York city one also kind of, kind of plays with that notion as well too. So I thought that was really cool. And I also took a picture of my Ceratosaurus mini, uh, dino, my Mattel blind bag dino with a, uh, with a Ceratosaurus skull. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, and that was basically my trip my trip to Toronto, New York City. It was very quick and again, you know, visiting, you know, despite unfortunate circumstances, but I was really thankful for uh Brenna and also, you know, uh just all the murderinos in Toronto, New York City and uh yeah, just friends and everything like that. So it made a it made that trip super fun uh, overall. But some other notable things uh, were, as I spoke about the Natural uh, History Museum here in LA, they're doing First Fridays again. And if you don't know First Fridays, it's basically get drunk, see some music, see some talks, go walk around the dinosaur bones at night. Um, it's not uh, adults only, but it's, you know, it's it's a much more hip adult crowd during the night. Um, and right now, Allie Ward, who, um, is the host of ologies, you know, that I also work on, she is hosting these like really cool science talks. And I got to go, uh, see one last month or, you know, the beginning of March where she talked to a shoot, I'm not going to remember, but it's basically like a snail slug mollusk, uh, scientist, um, who she actually interviewed for Ologies as well. Um, I'll actually find that and put a link in the notes. But yeah, it was so great to see Allie kind of do like a live, live-ish kind of Ologies-esque Ologies, you know? Uh, and that was really fun. And again, I hadn't been to the, I've a, I've had a two year pass to the natural history museum here in LA, but I haven't gone for like six or seven months. So it was really nice to go back. Cause I, there's definitely periods cause I've had it for a few years where I'd go a lot. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of ramp it up and I definitely want to go, uh, to the first Friday this month. I think, I believe it's, um, the first, it's not April 1st cause April 1st is, you know, on a Monday, uh, April 5th. So th- the next, uh, first Friday, uh, at the natural history museum in LA is April 5th. So you're going to want to go to that. Um, Allie's doing another talk. There's going to be more music and, uh, drinks and everything like that. Super fun. I'll be around. So say hi, if you're out there. Um, yeah, it was really great and really fun. And yeah, I just look any excuse to be at natural history museums. I feel like I've, I've thrown out like three or four natural history museums, uh, already in this episode. Look, we'll just throw out the Melbourne museum. Look, boom. We'll throw out another one. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, no, I said the field museum already, but, um, and then the last thing. So there is, uh, I've been going to it since high school and I maybe have mentioned it once before on the show, but there's a place called Frank and Sons. Uh, it's out in kind of Pomona, City of Industry, San Bernardino area in Southern California. It's basically down the 60. And it's basically like a nerd swap meet. But so that's where you get your bootleg anime, your Star Wars action figures, your swords, your paintball guns. You go battle people in magic or, you know, old arcade cabinets and uh, baseball cards. And it's just literally every kind of nerdy passion you could think of that you can spend money on basically 
and you know hello kitty and pokemon and stuff like that and so i've been going since high school um but what one thing that they have there as well is that they have a couple different trading card um you know vendors and stuff and many moons ago uh you know before i really dove back into my jurassic fandom as an adult i got an unopened box of series one jurassic park tops trading cards and it was like, they were only like $10. It was like really crazy cheap. On eBay now, they're not super expensive, but certainly not $10 for a sealed box anymore. Um, and really getting that out of like, a, oh, yeah, you know, I really liked Jurassic Park, but it was kind of a passion that I had, you know, kind of set aside in high school and for most of college. So buying that again was kind of one of the first steps leading up to the 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Uh you know, where it really got me back into the fandom and really kind of, kind of got me really, really sparked my re-curiosity and love of Jurassic Park. So I really owe Frankenstein's in a way for that. Cause I, you know, it was just kind of, I was probably looking for Lord of the Rings, uh, the Lord of the Rings CCG at the time or TCG. Um, and then I stumbled across those. So I, yeah, it, it was kind of wild, but um, yeah, it's such a cool little place and, and, you know, they'll do like wrestling, like they'll have like wrestlers there do signings. I know like Stanley RIP would do signings and stuff there too. Um, so I took Brenna for the first time and it was just such a blast. Again, it was just like stepping into a time portal, like, wow, like I can't believe I've been like, I've been going to this place since I was like 17 or something like that, 16. Um, I mean, it's basically the same. I mean, different, sometimes there's different vendors and, you know, there's different vendors swap in and out, but it feels like pretty much unchanged since high school. Um, so if you live in Southern California, you should definitely go and check it out. Um, there was a few vendors selling some Jurassic Park action figures and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really make any, any purchases this time, but I had some ideas. So I think I'm going to go back very soon and maybe, get some uh get some uh, thrifted Jurassic Park toys. I mean, I saw an unopened Red Rex, Kenner Red Rex for $300 from somebody and I was like maybe someday that's what I'm going to use my gun go that's going to use my GoFundMe powers for. Hey, help GoFundMe to get an unopened Red Rex, uh the original Kenner one, uh please. No. Um but yeah, does does anybody have like this in their city, like these kind of funky, fun nerd spot meets? It's almost like the vendor section of a convention, uh, but it's just that. Um, it's like in a big warehouse, and it's just such a blast to go. So I was like, man, even if I don't buy something every time, it's just like a fun little kind of thing to do on your Saturday. So um, yeah, those are kind of all the adventures I've been up to. Um, I know people in the Facebook group have been sharing, you know, it, it's so exciting to see everybody go on their kind of own Jurassic or dinosaur related adventures, whether it's natural history museums, seeing creature features, anything like that, buying new toys. Um, and I guess that's only the last thing uh, to say is that again, I moved um, as people saw in the group, I got a Jurassic park welcome mat, which is just, I, I kind of bought it as a lark. I was like, would I really want this as like my welcome mat? I almost thought maybe I'll use it as a bath mat or something like that. But um, I don't know. Now that it's outside my apartment, I just get a little tinge of joy every time I go home. Um, you know, so I think it was a, I think it was a good purchase to make. Uh, but also, 
I got, um, I started putting in the shelves and stuff. So I'm really excited to start building my real Jurassic showcase display so I can display uh, old figures, you know, from when I was a kid, a lot of the new Mattel stuff that I'm in love with. Um, so speaking of which I found the concavenator, uh, Mr. Humps. It's that it's one of the new Dino from the new Dino rivals line. Um, and then the Parasaurolophus, you know, cause the Parasaurolophus really is my favorite, dinosaur that's in the Jurassic Park movies, essentially. Um, I mean, Fallen Kingdom kind of like, I was like, ah, you brought in Carnotaurus and Siggy Mullock, which are two of my favorite dinosaurs of all time. But before that, like, if I had to pick a favorite dinosaur that was only in the Jurassic Park movies, that would have been Parasaurolophus. Um, and the Paris is still my, you know, my favorite sort of on-screen Jurassic dino. That design is just so perfect. Um, the Crash McCreary design. So, uh, it's really cool. I really like the Mattel uh, redesign of it. The Lost World toy is still my favorite. Um, and the <laughs> the uh, I think people have commented the Dino Rivals one is thick, but uh, I love her so much, and I'm so glad to have um, that figure. And I keep I've been keeping most of my Mattel stuff in the box, but I think I might have to go get a separate one, or maybe just open it. Um, so, but let me know. And yeah, let me know. Do you guys open all your toys or do you kind of keep them in the box? Or do you buy doubles? Uh, I've been listening and catching up with, um, Victoria from Cantina Chatter. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I've talked about her a lot. I've been on her podcast. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been so funny to get a, when, you know, the more you listen to that podcast, like the more you almost want to become like a hardcore toy collector. You're like, oh yeah, I'll buy a double. I'll buy one for me. I'll buy one for a friend, like stuff like that. So let me know what you guys do with your toys. Um, but right now we're going to take a little break just cause, uh, I need to drink some water and then we're going to talk about your Jurassic world three predictions. All right, everybody, we're back to hear, to listen, to look, listen to your Jurassic World 3 predictions. Again, Jurassic World 3, um, untitled, not officially titled, comes out June 11th, 2021. What? Uh, it's going to be directed by Colin Trevorrow, the script from him and Emily Carmichael. Um, I think that's about it we know. I think, obviously, Bryce Ellis Howard and uh, Chris Pratt are coming back. Blue... Dr. Wu, you know, uh, you know, BD Wong. I think like that's basically it, but like nothing officially confirmed. I think as we've been learning the last few months, there's been a lot of hype and renewed interest in talking about getting Laura Dern to come back. Obviously, Jeff Goldblum coming back to even have a meteor role than his role in Fong Kingdom. Uh, Sam Neill remains the X Factor. He's living on a farm in New Zealand and living the life. Um, I'll say this really quickly. My heart goes out to everyone in Christchurch. Uh, yeah, it's really fucking awful what happened. Uh, we need gun control more than ever. Um, anyway, I just wanted to say that really, I didn't mean to throw that in here, but that just reminded me and yeah, I love New Zealand so much. So, um, yeah, it's a bummer what's happening there, but, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'll provide a link to a GoFundMe, uh, for the victims of the Christchurch shooting. I don't mean to throw all that in the middle of here, but I'm, it's, it's on my mind. So I'm just going to throw it in here now. Uh, but yeah, so there's still, there's still no official, um, you know, like as, as far like we're the furthest away. I mean, really, I guess, you know, when Fallen Kingdom comes out is like, we're the furthest away from the news, but in some ways, 
uh, right now, it's like we're in the probably the biggest dead zone for Jurassic World 3 news. So I thought that this would be the perfect time to do a little time capsule. I feel like with a lot of my friends, we will do kind of predictions and stuff about movies, especially these franchises. Um, Star Wars is another big one where it's like, you know, doing predictions for what's going to happen in episode nine when it comes out this um, this uh, winter. But uh, yeah, um, it just this seems like the perfect time because then our predictions are really just sort of the pure, most wild speculation, hopes and dreams and everything like that. So I think this is the perfect time. It's not going to be based on any real uh, any real concrete information. So I'm really excited to take all these predictions and then to put them away for a year or uh, for more than a year, for almost two years um, while we wait. So um, let's see, where did I want to start? Um, I'll start with my predictions. Then I'll play uh, two voicemails. Um, one from Tom Fishenden, of course, um, and Katie. So I'll, I'll go through my predictions. Cause I basically like over the month, uh, you know, it was kind of just to get people, um, sharing their choices. I wanted to share a few of my predictions, uh, and that way you can kind of see where my head was at. So I wanted to reshare them now just so you can kind of see where I'm coming from. Uh, yeah. And so as I adjust these papers, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, a double-sided printing. Fancy. I didn't even realize that. Okay. So, uh, so um, basically some of my predictions, uh, one of them was that Dr. Wu is still the secondary villain. And what I mean is that in Jurassic World, we had Hoskins. In Fallen Kingdom, we had Eli Mills. And so I, I, th- I still think that they're going to find another new big bad human for especially, you know, as Colin Trevorrow has gone on record saying, you know, again, in these kind of like hypey, vague, n- like news, but not really news kind of uh, uh, interviews that he's done post Fallen Kingdom, that, you know, there's not going to be like armies of dinosaurs going after Blue and our heroes. Um, so I, st- I think that just means that, yeah, we're going to get another main big bad that, we're, you know, that will get disposed of and Wu will still be the secondary villain. So I, I, and I think he'll probably have the biggest role yet. Although I'm trying to think, do you, do we think his role in Jurassic World was bigger or Fallen Kingdom was bigger? I don't. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I feel like he gets more action in Fallen Kingdom for sure. 
Um, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But my other prediction will be Blue will have not seen Owen, Claire, and Macy since the events of Fallen Kingdom. I think that makes for like really good drama where it's like, because Blue runs away and it's this very impactful thing, this moment of this animal kind of life finding a way and Blue, you know, ending up in LA, the ET neighborhoods, as um, Jay Bayona mentioned. Um, so to me, it would feel kind of anticlimactic if uh if blue is back with um our gang you know her fam um but maybe she gets a new family uh you know if she was back with owen and claire and macy at the beginning of of jurassic world 3 it just feels like we wouldn't get that delicious drama of them seeing each other again and the idea that maybe they haven't seen each other for three years that i think kind of creates really interesting yeah dynamics and stuff so um that's my prediction uh, and then my other prediction that I said was that Claire will have a new hairstyle again. I just think they're going to keep the ball rolling. I think that they're just going to mix it up and she's going to have a new appearance again, just because I think that that's kind of fun. I don't know. It's kind of like a fun opportunity. So I like that. That's what they're doing with, uh, with her. Um, and I think Bryce has said as much, she's like, yeah, she's going to go full on punk shave side of the head and everything like that. Um, so that's fun. Um, and then the other prediction I wanted to mention was, uh, Brenna's, which was, she, she said that Macy has some dino DNA in her, which, you know, I think is interesting because they have that parallel scene where they have the, uh, Indoraptor's face in the window and stuff. So maybe there's something else going on there that we don't know about. Uh, but yeah, so those are kind of my little, I mean, I have more predictions and stuff and, you know, maybe I'll do another episode where I, I you know, talk about that kind of stuff. Um, on Patreon, I have an episode where I talk about kind of what I want, um, but my predictions are mostly rooted in kind of practicality. I'm, that's kind of how I am. I kind of, kind of feel like those are my realistic, uh, predictions, you know, uh, rather than kind of the flights of fancy. Um, but I'm loving everyone's responses because I feel like it's a great mix of practical flights of fantasy, flights of fancy and fantasy, I guess, flying pteranodons. Um, you know, and just kind of all the variation in between. So, um, but yeah, let's listen to Tom because, you know, you know, Tom has got a lot to say and I'm excited to hear all of it. So let's listen right now. Hi, Stephen. Hello, fellow Sea Jurassic Right listeners. It's your boy. Uh, I'm cringing at myself already. Tom uh, here today. Um, and in terms of you know, one thing that I really want to see in Jurassic World 3, I'm actually going to be a little bit cheeky, because I'm going to bounce off of what you said first, Stephen. I I can see Woo being a secondary villain again, but I'd really like to see him get some kind of resolution to his arc, because he's made the same mistake over and over now. There needs to be some kind of consequence, you know? You can't keep doing that, Woo. Something's going to go wrong. Um, but that that aside, you know, that's not what we're here for. The thing that I am really hoping is that the end of Jurassic World 3 is satisfying. It is kind of a bookend. Now, um, I know a lot of people are going to be like, Tom, you love Jurassic Park. What are you saying? Don't you want more films? Don't you want a cliffhanger? No, I do not. What I want is a story that feels um, wholesome, it feels complete, and a story that feels like it's had an overarching theme to tell without it being watered down at all. Jurassic World 3 really has the potential to capitalise on the ideas that the franchise has always um, strove by, which is obviously greed, technology advancing perhaps without the correct 
ethical precautions in place to correct laws, to correct regulations. So really, this film has got the opportunity to show us here is the fallout of your um, of all of your mistakes. This ends here. This ends now. What I don't want is for it to be watered down and for us to go, oh, there's still these dinosaurs out in the world. Let's do a spin-off of Capturing Blue. Let's do a spin-off of Capturing Stiggy. That is not what I want for this franchise. I think a lot of larger franchises in recent memory have become overly saturated where they don't tell enough story in their films. They want to keep it going to make money because ultimately that is what films are about. So it would really be refreshing to see something that has the creative vision to tell an overarching story and leave it at that. Give us a good thing, but don't give us too much of a good thing. Give us an ending that is satisfying and an ending that, sure, maybe sets up for something in the future, but doesn't force it down our throats. So really, my hope for Jurassic World 3, when I'm sitting down to watch it, is I'm going to sit there and I'm going to think, wow, Emily, Colin, you guys have told the absolute perfect ending to this story. This feels like a complete saga, and I can walk away happy from this now. So, um... I'll be interested to see the reception this gets. I know a few of you are going to disagree, a few of you will agree, but that's generally my thoughts around Jurassic World 3. Uh, thanks for letting me do my thing, as always, Stephen. I feel like I ramble to myself every time I send you over a little voice clip, but there we go. I appreciate you tolerating that. And as always, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'm really excited to listen to it when it comes out. So take care, and I will catch you guys over on Twitter, and obviously when the episode comes out as well. Thanks so much, Tom. As always, your words are so eloquent, and I love the way you say three. Uh, <laughs> um, I really love, I love that idea. I love, you know, again, I'm somebody where it's like, I love the world of Jurassic so much. And it's like, I just want more of that world. But yeah, I, I can also agree where Jurassic, because it's the, the, I don't know, I, I'm trying to figure out the way to say this. I mean, obviously there's so many beautiful themes and metaphors and stuff that we could, you know, nature and man and science and hubris and, animal rights and things and stuff that we could dive into. But I kind of agree that the main saga, the main saga, the main push for Jurassic World and Jurassic Park, I think that's such a focused story, the specific thing about this park and the fallout and the creation of another park and the fallout and dinosaurs spreading across the world. I feel like that's such a um, natural progression. It's such a specific progression that, yeah, I, I would agree to that having little spinoffs of just such specific things um, is just not that that feels like stuff that could be on a TV show uh, or something like that or tie in materials where I think as the films, I think having it be this kind of very strong thematic forwarding thing, this kind of big statement about dinosaurs and, and their relation to man, I, I agree too that 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 should be kind of its own thing. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, that's my thought too. It's like, okay, well, if we get more dinosaur movies in this Jurassic universe after Jurassic World 3, like, what is that? Is that, uh, is that Dinotopia? Like, that's the kind of stuff I think where it's almost like you kind of have to, in order to, I think it's also that thing too. It's like, we want some, we want more dinosaur movies, but it's like, how do you, 
how do you do that? You know, so it's very strange, but um, I really love that. And yeah, I totally agree on Wu as well, too. I I wonder, and you know, if you haven't read the Jurassic Park book, go back, but uh, and read it because there's a lot of stuff with Wu there that I think that they could mine uh, thematically in that resolution, as you say, Tom. I think that they could mine some of that material. Uh, because, you know, they mined a lot of material for Wu from Jurassic Park, the original novel, uh, for Jurassic World and kind of reintroducing the characters. So I could see them using now more, even more of it uh, now that we've gotten to kind of be reacquainted with his, you know, apparent um, villainy, but maybe his regrets about his villainy that are kind of creeping in at the end of Fallen Kingdom. So I think that they could reuse uh, or, you know, use the material from the original Crichton novel um, that I think would go towards having him have a sat- deliciously satisfying end. So, um, yeah. Thanks again, always, Tom. Um, again, so jealous I couldn't uh, make it to your meetup. Uh, we'll, uh, but hopefully I'll be back in London soon and we can do something fun. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, Tom. Um, and now I'm going to play an email from Katie. Hi, Stephen. Um, it's Katie from Betty from the Jurassic Right. And um, big fan of the podcast. This is my first time calling in. I'm calling about your question of what do we really want to see in uh, Jurassic World 3. And I think what we all really, really, truly know we want is for Alan and Ellie to finally find the love with each other that they deserve. Um, it was great to see them together, together again in the third movie, but it, it just didn't scratch that itch. Um, yeah, I look forward to more of the podcast. My Twitter handle is Katie Trombetti, K-A-T-I-E-T-R-O-M-B-E-T-T-I. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much, Katie. And I think you speak for everyone when they when you say that we want Ellie and Alan back together uh, in Jurassic World 3. Um, yeah, I think that's really, I mean, that's kind of the number one thing. I'm going to go through them all because they're so interesting and everyone's take on it is really good. But uh, yeah, I think, um, Ellie and Alan, you know, uh, you know, Jurassic Park three was like a blow to the, it was like a punch to the gut, um, for their relationship. And so, um, even though I believe that if they're in it, even if, 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 um, Lord Ern and Sam Neill are in Jurassic World three, you know, they're not going to be the focus. They're not going to be the main characters. So we're going to get limited time with them. And I think they're going to try and make it count. I think that, uh, Emily and Colin are listening. And I think that if they're going to do it, I hope that they don't. Because ultimately, if you think about uh, Jeff Goldblum's uh, role in Fallen Kingdom, really, it's kind of the most distilled version of a Malcolm that we kind of champion, which is, you know, I was right. Um, you know, uh, I told you so. So I feel like if we're going to have Dr. Sattler and Dr. Grant back in, it's going to be distilled into something that's kind of the most pure kind of what we love about the characters. So I feel like that gives me hope. So uh, thank you again, Katie. And so now we're just going to dive into these. Uh, again, you can hear me rustling the papers, but I, I like holding the papers um, here in the studio. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going to read off everyone's responses. Um, thank you again so much, everybody, for for writing in. Uh, I hope that, you know, as this new method of, of uh you know, of sharing people's responses. I hope everyone's liked it. It's just, I feel like it's just really fun and easy. We just say a sentence or two 
um, for these questions. So, you know, and I'm going to read this month's question or, you know, the question for next month at the end. Um, I really hope you guys continue to participate because it really makes these mini sets for me such a blast these days, getting to hear what everyone thinks. And I love sharing what you guys are thinking with everyone else. Um, so yeah, so over on Facebook in the Facebook group, see Jurassic right podcast, uh, Freya said, Alan and Ellie will be together again. Parentheses. I'm speaking it into existence. Okay. Yes. I think if we all just say it out loud, we'll manifest it. Um, Chris Pugh, obviously over from Jurassic Outpost, uh, being very cheeky saying, I believe there will, and don't quote me at this, but I believe there will indeed be dinosaurs. I mean, that's the hope. Um, (laughs) Joanne over here with the tragic, she says blue will die. Sad face. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they'll, that's like killing BB-8 or Pikachu. I don't know if they're going to do that. I, I, I hope not anyway. So, but I think it's a real possible, but I think there's, I don't, I, I really am 50-50 on it, Joanne. So thank you for, I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I think that there's thematically ways that it could go either way and it could work really well. Um, Dusty. Uh, says blue will asexually reproduce and we'll have a new uh, raptor pack of blue clones. Um, and then her son, Azra, says dinosaurs will take over the world and Owen and Claire will save them from the bad guys. I like that. I like saving the dinosaurs. And then the dinosaurs will all live with Macy and, she, and she'll take care of them. And I like that too. Macy will be the queen of the clones. Um, uh, thank you, Dusty. Thank you, Azra. Uh, Stephen, uh, th- not me. This is <laughs> Stephen Wolf. Um, who does these like ama- he does all these amazing Lego builds and stuff? Um, so you should check him out. Uh, I'll include a link to his uh, marking that to include a link to his Instagram. Um, <laughs> Steve says, Stephen says, uh, Henry Wu has learned nothing from his previous mistakes and somehow escapes again. So you're going a little more the opposite of what Tom says, and that Henry Wu will live to to, to clone another day. Uh, Colette says there will be so many baby dinosaurs yeah that would be great because we've seen baby dinosaurs you know from the baby raptor to uh to the baby pteranodons to the baby rex to the baby trike that was in fallen kingdom uh to even the baby uh apatosaurus that you see bryce ellis howard's son hug in jurassic world um, I want to see spring in full session. I want to see all kinds of baby dinosaurs. That would be really cool. Um, and Zelma says, uh, hikers will crum- come across a dinosaur in the wild. And then Dusty chimed in and get eaten. And yeah, I really love that. I think, I mean, if that's an opening more than any, it's like kind of reestablishing that dinosaurs now are everywhere or, you know, could possibly be anywhere, maybe not everywhere, but anywhere. Um, I love that as an idea for an opening. That would be really cool. Um, Sheila says the dinosaurs were inside us all along, which I love as well. Um, and really should be the message of Jurassic Park. Um, Bethany says, uh, as above wish into existence, Ellie and Alan will be there, will be, will be there. And their eyes are rolling over the whole situation, kicking ass and general badassery. Also, the Barbasol can should make an appearance. It's funny. I actually, I agree with the bar. I mean, obviously, I definitely want Allie and Ellen to come back. But um, it's funny. Barbasol as a sponsor has been such a huge supporter of the Jurassic franchise. It's funny that they haven't found a way to sneak in a Barbasol shaving can. Like, you could even see a scene of Owen shaving. Like, that's such like a cliche kind of action hero kind of thing. 
Although maybe if they had Claire doing it, that'd be pretty funny. Uh, I mean, she doesn't have to shave her legs, but if she wants to, um, I'm presume maybe she's even more wild now. Like that's kind of showing her transition from, you know, from the Claire in Jurassic World to now her, you know, uh, shaved side head. She doesn't shave her armpits anymore, all that stuff. She's like, fuck the man. Um, but, you know, maybe that there's like the final scene or something. I don't know. This is getting silly. But um, it's funny that they just haven't found a, bar- a way to put the Barbasol can. Not the Barbasol can because that that can of embryos is expired. But, I mean, just the product itself. Um, so, thank you, Bethany. Um, over at Instagram, uh, Nima Neems, movie poster guy, uh, he chimed in and said, Ellie and Dr. Grant finally have an on-screen kiss. Because it's true, they never had an on-screen kiss. It's just only in those like behind, like cut, like the cut scene or whatever, or the cut take. Um, and then uh, at uh, Griffinbird Press, Blue and Owen sacrifice themselves for the other. God, I hope it's not Blue. I love that raptor. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. I don't. I feel like Jurassic has never been a movie series. Has never been a movie series where there's like kind of. Mm, I don't know. It, it could, I mean, it could go the way of like alien three, like Sigourney Weaver sacrificing herself. Uh, I guess spoiler for alien three, uh, but don't worry. There's an alien four. Um, anyway, <laughs> so who knows? Um, I exis on Instagram says my guess is dinosaurs. I think this person and uh, Chris are on the same page. Um, and then at dinosaur podcast says blue and her pack of coyotes face off against scarred surviving echo and her flock of predatory falcons, eagles, and Canadian geese. Blue is forced to choose to betray her own kind in the battle of mammals over dinosaurs. Um, wow. That's wild. I mean, in the secret exhibit, uh, blue makes friends with, uh, with Owen's dog red, which I, is just Lego cannon, I guess, but uh, I could see it happening. Uh, over on Twitter, we had at sickle underscore at sickle underscore claw say, "I predict that the government will crest crest create a dino reservation in the immediate region surrounding Lockwood Manor, and will evacuate these areas and try at least to fence it off to contain it to some level. Maybe the government comes up with its own dino management agency, which was kind of my original prediction for Fallen Kingdom." Uh, way back in the day um i like that i think we'll be too far in the future for it to be a thing but i almost love the idea of having that be a location that we come back to and now lockwood manor is like is almost like the ghostbusters um firehouse you know it's like the headquarters you know um the dpg no longer exists because it's not really i feel like that's such a small level thing um actually i'm wearing my dpg shirt right now that's funny um but you know, maybe that's the place where. Well, I don't know. We saw, we saw uh, Claire and uh, Owen and Macy driving up the California coast at the end of Fallen Kingdom. Like, where were they going? Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe the, maybe that's the government's place of operation, the source. You know, uh, because Wu also was abandoning that place. So who knows if we'll see Lockwood Manor again? Interesting. Um, at uh, Bryce Senator uh, uh, Bryce. Bryce Nader 100. Um, I hope we finally get to see Biosyn and their take on dinosaurs. Could lead to more realistic versions of the dinosaurs we don't really know. Similar to what I'm doing in my novel. Um, yeah, check out their Twitter. Uh, Bryce Nader 100 um, for the work that they're doing. Um, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see Biosyn again just because uh, the guy who played Dodson is a piece of shit and in jail. Um, and yeah, Bio- because Biosyn was never named in 
the movies, I don't see them doing that, but maybe they could. Maybe that maybe they're ready to do that as like an Easter egg or something. Or yeah, it's the name of the company, but you know, maybe Dotson's not back or something. I don't know. Curious. Interesting. Um at fossil underscore box says uh responding to uh Bryce Nader one hundreds tweet says and i would love to see dotson again i don't i just maybe if they recast the character but i could just see them not wanting to um you know touch that character again just because of uh the actor being a piece of shit um uh, being a garbage human um at mason reloaded uh samuel cameo as he drives through the city and sees a dinosaur then does the the sunglasses gif you know of him pulling them off which is hilarious i love that um, at Lewis underscore Korea says many corp- corporations, especially Biosyn, feather dinosaurs, blue meets new type of raptors, becomes the pack leader. Um, I, re- I like that idea of blue becoming a new pack leader. I, I really dig that idea. Um, Wu <laughs> dislikes new dinosaurs without him. I really like that as well, too. Uh, he's upset that now people have been kind of he's been the only artist in the kitchen, you know. Um, dinosaurs living the whole world. Yeah, I think though a raptor versus uh, a Dilophosaurus. I mean, I hope we get a Dilophosaurus back. I mean, Dilophosaurus has only been on screen for real in Jurassic Park. So to get uh, the return of the Dilophosaurus, you know, because in Jurassic World it's a it's a it's a hologram, and in Fallen Kingdom it's the sounds of the Dilophosaurus. So it would be cool to finally see the Dilophosaurus in the flesh uh, back in Jurassic World three. Um, you know, and then also uh, Lewis underscore Korea says the return of, you know, all our favorite characters, Ellie, Alan, uh, Ian, and then obviously Owen, Claire, at Macy and Blue. And, and that the idea that they meet, which is cool. I think so, too. Because, yeah, it's like a shame that Malcolm never got to meet any of their new heroes. So it would be cool to see them all meet. Um, at Chaotician Drac says the return of Robert Muldoon. Ah, uh, I mean, I don't know. You know stranger things have happened. Um, at Kamikaze Steve says it will be post-apocalyptic world all the Resident Evil movies I, I don't know if it's going to be full post-apocalyptic but I think maybe by the end it could be who knows because I just don't think I don't know if they're going to I think if they try to do something that would make it post-apocalyptic it might seem too Planet of the Apes and I don't know if they want to copy that um, but maybe if they do it in their own unique way who knows um, at Cody Bliss 2 says one of our original characters Grant Sattler and Malcolm will perish you never know. You never know. Um, bugger at Buggerface says Blue is pregnant with Indoraptor DNA. Hmm, interesting. It needs a mother. I'm just going to quote uh, Dr. Wu there. Uh, at Amelie Belcher, the lovely Amelie Belcher says, I hate it so, so much, but I think these monsters are going to kill off Rexy. I can feel it in my waters. Uh, yeah, I could see them doing that too, because, yeah, unless they just establish the idea that Rexy could live forever. I mean, maybe that's the opening. I don't know. It just feels like that would be so rough to do. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Uh, at IKK Viper, Rexy and Blue both find mates. Oh, that would that see that's a much sweeter resolution. Um, and then at a different Twitter thread, at uh, Boss Arjan, um, Arjan Boss. Um, again, I feel like I pronounced your name wrong. Sorry. Uh, he says, Wu dies, though I hope I'll survive and go to jail. Uh, I don't, yeah. I mean, all the, it's all about Wu's resolution. What, what are they going to do? Is he going to suffer the, you know, consequences, as Tom said? 
as as Tom so eloquently put it, um, I just hit the table. Um, at the real Adam Bier, uh, Ian Malcolm learns the ways of the Jedi to finally defeat the Velociraptors. Um, God, can you imagine Jeff Goldblum in a Star Wars movie? Anyway, uh, thanks, Adam. Um, at Magic Sphere, Grant Doctor Grant yells at children. I feel like that would feel anticlimactic to his lessons that he learned, though, over the course of these movies. Um, but who knows? Um, at Genozoic Artist, two possibilities. Owen has fi- finished his cabin. Um, and then, uh, or there's repeated dinosaur destruction and Owen has to constantly repair his cabin so he can never be completed for long. Um, also, Blue keeps stealing his tools, which is really sweet. And oh my God, the dinosaurs have learned to use tools. Um, like to use like a wrench. I don't know. It's kind of funny. And then Blue has like a cigar hanging out of its mouth. Ah, I'll fix your car, shing. Um, I don't know what that is. But um, <laughs> um, at Dark Hunter Queen says, so many dinosaurs bring on Mad Max in Dino World. I, yeah, that sounds fun. Um, at Jamie Loves Cabo, dinosaurs get to the mainland. Well, spoilers for Fallen Kingdom, but they get to the mainland in Fallen Kingdom. So they will definitely be on the mainland in Jurassic World 3. I feel pretty confident about that. Um, at Blake and Bacon, probably dinosaurs, you know, dinosaurs or birds, whatever. Um, at bugger faced again. Oh yeah. Blue is pregnant with interrupter DNA. Thanks for sending that in twice. I appreciate that. Um, at flicks for chicks. None of the dinosaurs die this time. If they die, I refuse to watch it. Uh, hashtag stop killing creatures. <sighs> I know it's hard. It's hard, but we can, we can get through this and, you know, hopefully, hopefully these deaths will be as beautiful and meaningful as, uh, the Brachiosaurus who, um, died in Fallen Kingdom. So, you know, uh, hats off. No, I don't. A moment of silence for the Brachiosaurus. Okay, thank you. Um, at Twing Adele, two words space dinosaurs. Um, yeah, let's do it. Um, at Aaron D. Bayer, uh, Dilophosaurus will make a triumphant return. Thank you, Aaron. I'm glad you said it straightforward and because. I just, I just, there's like a few things in that sense of like Alan and Ellie. And I feel like the success of the franchise of this, of the, you know, phase two of the Jurassic world side of this franchise. I feel like at this point, there's those few things that are like dangling, like the Dilophosaurus and Ellie and Alan, where it's like, if they're going to do them, they're not going to screw it up. I think that they really want to get that stuff right. I think because I think that they haven't really trusted their sort of fan service in the previous movies. Like, I feel like they're getting a little bit more confident with their fan service over the course of the franchise. So I'm hoping that those two things in specific, if they do do them, I hope that they do them right. And I think they will. Um, at FNAKC, Claire adopts Macy and it turns into a musical. Um, you call me a clone and you won't be alone and you're my baby. Look, that's exactly what it's going to be. Um, at Hubber Nathy, Claire and Owen will be married. Interesting, interesting. Maybe. I mean, they their kind of relationship is like kind of... I feel like they're, the, these movies are sort of like... They get one step forward, one step back, one step forward. I guess Fallen Kingdom didn't end with one step back. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, or maybe it's like a subtle thing where it happens before the start of the movie and it's just like subtle. Um... Uh, at Angel K808, Blue will die, Chris will cry. Oh, it's so beautiful. I hope it doesn't happen. 
Uh, at, well, at soft farts, you also say blue dies. Ugh, I don't want this to happen. I don't want blue to die. I, I might be okay with Rexy dying, but I, but I hope if Rexy dies, it's because it, because it's like something heroic or triumphant or, you know, badass. Um, I don't know if I want blue to die. Um, and then finally, at Somerset Sows, so, yeah, Sows, um, they will finally put that wild sledding down the rabbit hole um, into the Velociraptor den scene from the first book into the movie. It will confuse me just as it, much as it did the first time around. Um, so minor spoilers for Jurassic Park, the book, if you haven't read it. But there's basically a Jurassic, there's a Jurassic Park nest. There's a Velociraptor nest um, in, you know, on the island, kind of actually tying into the volcanic activity and stuff like that. Uh, that we see in Fallen Kingdom, but they basically, it's like, you know, night vision goggles in a cave with a bunch of velociraptors. Um, it's such a cool scene. Um, I was talking to Clayton Fioriti actually, cause he's done a few videos about different things, you know, from the novels that could be in the new movies and stuff like that, or, or ways scenes were repurposed. And yeah, the, the, the new Jurassic franchise incorporates so many elements from the Crichton books you know, because that's just how rich those first two books were. It's like there's, I mean, especially Lost World, they barely scratched the surface of that novel as far as incorporating it into the movies. Because even the, dress, the Lost World movie is not even, it's kind of like half the novel, if that. Um, so I could, I, I've, and I almost thought that that was going to happen in Fallen Kingdom, that because there was volcanic activity stuff. But yeah, because Blue is the last of the raptors, you know, that wasn't a possibility, but maybe if there's a new company that's breeding raptors or something, I could see that like them, like how eerie and freaking terrifying that would be to go in a cave filled with raptors. Anyway, food for thought out there. Um, thank you so much, everybody. I can't believe I got through all that. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was so much fun. I'm so excited for Jurassic World 3 right now. That kind of just made me be like, oh, oh shit. It's two years away, you know? Ugh. Okay, we'll survive together. Um, again, I'm super excited, uh, for it and I can't wait for it to come out and I can't believe we have two years to wait, but we're going to get through it together because we're going to do so much Jurassic Park stuff, Jurassic World stuff in the meantime. And that leads me to my, to my next question for next month. If you could have a dinosaur as a pet, would you? Because in the original Jurassic Park, they talked about in the book, they talked about making pygmy dinosaurs as pets. And in Fallen Kingdom, they made a small reference to that with um, Gunnar Eversall's character talking about how like some rich person wants to adopt a baby triceratops, you know, like the one we see in Fallen Kingdom. So if you could have a dinosaur as a pet, would you? Um, and tell me which dinosaur you'd want as well, too, if you could pick, you know, we bred, you bred raptors. Um so yeah, call or email or comment. Um, you know, I'm going to be posting threads and stuff across all social media, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook group, etc. Um, or email, you know, if you want to leave an email um, that, you know, if you have kind of a longer answer or something, you just want to talk uh, instead of writing something out, then uh, call um, or, or, or if you want to email a longer comment as well too, um, 323-688-6969 or cdressgrad at gmail.com. Uh, thank you again, everybody, uh, for your support. I couldn't do this without you. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm hopefully, you know, again, it's, you know, this year has been a slow start, but hopefully, you know, be ramping up more and more drastic stuff soon. I mean, this next month is, uh, April, you know, my birthday month. I mean, it's the anniversary of, uh, basically when they released, uh, Jurassic Park in theaters, uh, for the 20th anniversary, because they it was April 5th, 2013. 
Um, and yeah, there's this new uh, Natural History Museum exhibit opening here in LA. So um, hopefully there'll be tons of new Jurassic stuff, um, new sea Jurassic stuff soon. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody. Let me know what you think. If you could have a dinosaur as a pet, would you? What dinosaur? Um, subscribe, rate, all that stuff really helps, especially in these in-between days. And yeah, hold on to your butts. Life finds a way. And uh, it's about to get much hotter in here. You know, that's the way we do it. Dun, dun, ch- You can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, C Jurassic Ride on Instagram, C Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at cjurassicride at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.